Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Be Your Own Bank podcast. It's everybody's favorite time of the week, the weekly roundup. I think we should add that in. Like the guns. Is that what that was? That's fine. Um, hey, guys. Thanks for tuning back in to the Bit Bros podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a few things. First and foremost, we're going to be talking about ApeCoin. What is ApeCoin? This new cryptocurrency that's on every exchange. What is it? Um, we're also going to be talking about a, a well-known game to some, not me, I had no idea, Benji Bananas. Then we're going to talk about this big deal in crypto, which is that Vitalik Buterin was on the cover of Times Magazine. And Just we're gonna, Time. 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 I don't know what Times Magazine is. Well, he's also on Times Magazine. Okay. Yeah. All the times. He's on Time Magazine. And uh, we will be talking about how Japanese exchanges are trying to expedite the process of adding new cryptocurrencies. So getting into it, ApeCoin. Have you heard about ApeCoin? I have heard about ApeCoin. Yeah, me too. It just came out on the 18th of March and it's now on like every exchange. Yeah which never happens, has never happened to any coin, especially a meme coin like ApeCoin. Um, but what is it? So ApeCoin was airdropped. And we talked about airdropped in one of our past podcasts, but to recap, basically it was just given to token holders or NFT holders of the Board Ape Yacht Club collection. So if you have a Board Ape Yacht NFT, you would get 10,000 ApeCoin. To be clear, the Board 8 Yacht Club is like the real Yacht Club. Like you got to have lots of money. Lots of money. The minimum uh, cost of a Board Ape NFT picture, yeah. the floor price they call it, is $200,000. Yeah, I think like Justin Bieber just bought one for like over a million dollars or something. This is a JPEG, by the way. Yeah, JPEG of a, of a little ape. Um, yep, and Jimmy Fallon has one. Steph Curry, Snoop Dogg. Anyways, if you own one, you were entitled to some of this new ape coin. Additionally, people who owned any of the Yuga Labs ape club collections, there are three. <laughs> we've got Board Ape Yacht Club, we've got Mutant Ape Yacht Club, and we've got Board Ape Kennel Society, or Board Ape Kennel Club, not Society. I like that one better, though. I kind of like that. Yeah. We should create that NFT. Let's do it, yeah. and then maybe we'll get some ape coin. Anyways, there were a, a few people that made a ton of money and then all these exchanges added it. So interestingly, I think it's it's good to note this. Um, one of the top Board Ape Yacht Club holders has over 100 of these NFTs. And basically on drop on the 18th, he had about $13 million worth of ApeCoin. Great. Yeah, great, right? So just so you know, this is a meme coin. Yes. It may go somewhere. The The idea is that it's supposed to be this utility token for whatever developments on this NFT platform. They're capitalizing on the success of this Board Ape Yacht yep. Club. They're saying, well, we're going to make it, we're going to streamline this NFT process, yada, yada, yada. But I, I just, I feel like it's a cash grab. Ponzi it seems scam. like a cash grab. The the interesting thing, though, is that Coinbase added it. I don't get which that. Which doesn't make sense because Coinbase like has supposedly a rigorous process for vetting coins before they add them, and they added it like the day after it dropped. Well, it's an ERC-20, right? Yep, so it's built on Ethereum, Yeah. which is board apes are also built on Ethereum. Sure. 
but I, I maybe it's like Doge or Shiba. They just know they're going to make a lot of money off of it. People want to buy it. Celebrities are going to get it because they have these board apes. Um, I mean, I feel like ApeCoin should have been a while ago. Like, yeah. you know, we're talking about GME and all that, you know, the GameStop and and Robinhood. And when that was going down, you know, they called them apes, right? So it, it could have been more successful earlier on. Now it seems highly suspect to me. Well, it's it's an afterthought, it seems like. So Board Ape Yacht Club has no utility. And it seems like they're trying to just throw this coin yeah. into existence to add utility. Now, where it does have utility is on a game called Benji Bananas. <laughs> On a game called what? Benji Bananas. So Benji Bananas is in a iOS and Android app where you play as this little monkey named Benji and you have to swing from vine to vine through the jungle collecting bananas. Okay. Sound Benji Bananas, that sounds like a like a mob boss. Like, oh no, they whack Benji bananas. Ooh, that's good. Right? Yeah, no, it does. It does. However, he is uh much more wholesome and a lot cuter. But let me tell you the features of Benji Bananas. We've got absolutely gorgeous jungle landscapes, jungle waterfalls, hills, simple to learn but hard to master, unique one-button gameplay. We've got feel the joy of flying through the jungle, unlock different game modes and upgrades, and animated stories featuring Benji and his girl Belle, uh, and the dangers of the forest. Right? Wow. So basically what they're doing is they're partnering with ApeCoin, which makes sense because he's a monkey. So... Basically, right now, you can buy an NFT membership pass to Benji Bananas, which will entitle you in the future to earn this new currency that they're going to come out with in the game, and then you can exchange that for ApeCoin. So they're turning their game into a play-to-earn game. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So that's semi-clever, I think. Semi-clever. They already have over 100 million downloads of this game. Yeah. So they have the user base, but... So far, this is the only use case of ApeCoin. Well, and we don't know. So, okay, you buy an NFT membership card, right? Yep. So it's a, like the freemium style where you're playing the game and they go, hey, we can get you, you know, the, the what, what, what are some of the things in the game? Like we're, the upgrades. Yeah, you, you get a faster swing time or a there longer vine. Yeah. Longer vine, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, a basket to collect your bananas, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you're saying that instead of you having to pay that, uh, that upgrade fee to make the game easier, now you're buying a membership card that's going to allow you to upgrade either more inexpensively or you're going to get better upgrades or you're going to get multiple upgrades or something like that. Well, I don't know what the features are, but they're going to add because the currency in the game, of course, is bananas. But I think they're going to add a secondary currency that maybe will allow you to upgrade faster or allow you to cash out in ApeCoin and then actually monetize your waste of time. Okay. So you're yeah. playing a game that's a time waster. And instead of it just being completely a time waster, now you're actually able to earn money that you can turn into cryptocurrencies, i.e. ApeCoin. Mm -hmm. Sell on Coinbase. Sell ApeCoin on Coinbase. And now you've made your... Your real bananas. And then you made your real bananas. Um, and so far, it's working great. They don't have the the update out yet, but they have sold 1,000 membership passes on OpenSea. What? 1,000 of them for $1,000 a piece. So they've already made a million dollars selling this membership pass preemptively. What's the ROI on $1,000? I have no idea, and I don't think they know either. 
Holy. But once it launches, you will be able to buy the pass with ApeCoin, 25 ApeCoin to buy the pass. We're not sponsored by Benjamin. Oh, wait. So this is like a preliminary pass. So this isn't the actual. So the the actual pass once this thing is released. With both. There's going to be a pass you can buy in in the game, I believe, with 25 ApeCoin. Is there a minimum or is there a maximum amount of passes that you can buy ahead of time like a i don't pre-release? think so no i don't think there's a pre-release a limit they've already sold a thousand of them for a thousand dollars that's that's like three thousand bananas <laughs> it's way more than that wow because a hundred dollars will get you like a million bananas no no i mean real bananas oh real bananas yeah, yeah they're about 30 cents okay that's um, that was the math i was doing oh i was i just played a game too much so i got the math figured out god <laughs> Oh, because you can buy bananas. You can buy bananas so you can upgrade faster. Oh, okay. So the bananas are the upgrade. So you're going to get the pass just gets you better access to bananas. I don't, I don't even know. That is bananas. It is. Wow. Yeah. We're going ape for ape coin, but we will definitely keep you updated on Benji bananas. <laughs> Benji bananas. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to say about ape coin is uh, there was a shrewd investor who was able to borrow five board ape NFTs before the drop on the 18th. And netted over a million dollars in ApeCoin. Wow, that's like three million bananas. It is. Wow. <laughs> so this is a crazy world. ApeCoin right now is just all about it's going ape. Yeah, but it's all about making the rich richer. So yeah. be careful. You're investing in a meme coin. You are. That's what I've got for you. Moving on, Vitalik, Vitalik Buterin, or as they say in England, Buterin. He landed himself on Time Magazine as the Prince of Crypto, which I think is a bold statement. That's dope. Yes. I love that. Yes. Because we're, I mean, obviously the king is Bitcoin, right? Right. Satoshi. So the prince, right? Yeah. I think That's that, cool. I think that is cool. Yeah. So they interviewed him, 80 minute interview, talking about the state of cryptocurrency, how he got into it as well as some of his big concerns and what he's doing to address them. So let's dive in. He was interviewed and um, yeah, he talked about going to ETH Denver, which was this conference, met with some of the top developers that actually helped on Ethereum and now branched out, Joseph Lubin, who we talked about, as well as Charles Hoskinson. Hoskinson. Hoskinson, who is the creator of Cardano. So a lot of people that started on Ethereum are now in into bigger projects. So Joseph Lubin building some of the, the big infrastructure components of Ethereum, MetaMask and Fura, and Charles Hoskinson building the third largest cryptocurrency, Cardano. I don't think it is at the moment, but it once was the third largest. And it will be again. It will be again. And they do call it blockchain. So blockchain 1.0 is Bitcoin. They call blockchain 2.0 Ethereum. You're right, it's seven. And blockchain 3.0 is what Cardano is is basically saying they are. So, right. I mean, that's pretty cool. And let's let's break this down a little bit because it's hard to be like, who are these names? Vitalik Buterin. You you may not know him now, oh, but you will. Oh yeah, right. And, and even Hoskinson, like these guys, Satoshi Nakamoto, like all of these, who isn't a real person, but. There was a Satoshi Nakamoto. It's just that wasn't the person's name. Right. Point being is we're talking about the Mount Rushmore of crypto, 
Right. We're talking about sure. sure. We are. Yeah, the trailblazers. We're talking we're talking about the thing. Steve Jobs, right? The Bill Gates, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Elon Musks. Like yep. those are well-known names. But not the next generation of well-known names are gonna be these guys. Yep. And absolutely. Vitalik is definitely going to be on that that rushmore. Absolutely. Yeah. Um he we've got a lot of memes going on. He calls himself a, a meme Lord, right? There's so, yep. So there's three <laughs> components that he uh, talks about. And um, one is a tech founder, an organizational founder and a meme Lord. Meme Lord. Yeah. And he considers himself a developer, tech researcher and blogger. And funny story is he used to be a blogger who was paid in crypto. Guess how much crypto he was paid per blog. Well, this was a while ago, so this was back in I think I think 2014. So a couple bucks. I don't know how much. Yes, a couple bucks, but he was paid in crypto. So how much do you think? A ninth of a bitcoin. Okay, five bitcoin per blog. That's insane. <laughs> and in fact, he used some of the proceeds because you know back then it pumped too, but it went from a dollar to a hundred dollars, which is a great return on your investment. But he would take the pro the proceeds. And funnel that into his Ethereum project. So chances are, it panned out pretty well for him. Yeah, I mean, man, just the evolution of that, and the fact that this this guy, you look at him, and he talks like this. He's a, a Russian immigrant to Can Canada. I almost to said. Canada. Yeah, you got to do that in your <laughs> I was metallic. In, I was accent. in the I was in the impression. And I, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, yeah. To Canada, and he is also a robot. He's definitely a robot and an alien. He's a, Joseph Lubin called him an alien. Yeah. What, what was the <laughs> quote that Joseph Lubin said? He said, uh, Vitalik Buterin is a genius alien that has arrived on this planet to deliver the sacrosanct, which means too valuable to be interfered with, gift of decentralization. Sounds so, about right. I think that's about right. That's some pretty high praise. Yeah, that's high praise. <laughs> um, but this this guy, this uh, this article that I read um, from, I think it was 2016, talks about him as a 19-year-old boy with all limbs and joints, hovering above a laptop like a praying mantis, delivering nimble, lethal blows at incredible speed. I love that. Yeah. Like, you can just, you can imagine that. Like, this, this is... This is the future of finance. It's this guy and and SBF Samuel Bankman Fried, right? These nerds. I love this so yeah, much. Yeah, introverted, socially awkward nerds. Yeah, and I mean, and chances are a lot of them are on the spectrum, the autism spectrum, right? And we talk about they call it spectrum disorder, but I would I would argue that it only intensifies certain parts of your brain, right? Yeah, absolutely. Is that an introvert on the spectrum can be a genius? You think about in history, like Einstein, Newton, all these guys, uh, Da Vinci, all these recluses, right? Like there's stories mm -hmm. about how they they were terribly socially awkward. Mozart, all of these brilliant minds from history that we think about, and and guaranteed, I would guarantee you, if they were tested today, they would be on the spectrum, and they would be these you know these brilliant minds. Well, and they're hyper focused. In their own field, in their own, field, in their yeah. own you know, mm -hmm. uh, expertise. Yep. And so it's so fascinating, I think, that we're going away from this greedy fat cat model of, you know, trust us and we'll make you money to, hey, here's the proof. It's all transparent. Here's the math. Here's how it all works out. And yeah, maybe I don't have social skills as well. I mean, Elon Musk, 
admitted that yeah, he's he on the spectrum, yep. mm-hmm. right? The richest Absolutely. man in the world is on the spectrum. Absolutely. You know, so it's, that's the point I'm making is that this is so, this is what it is. It's the, the meek will inherit the earth. You've heard that? Yeah. From the Bible. It's from the Bible. I mean, I've heard of the Bible. Have you heard of the Bible? I have. I've read a few passages. And in fact, the meek will inherit the earth. Psalm 3711, I believe. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, it says, <laughs> uh, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Here lies an insight into why meekness has been seen in biblical times as a positive trait. The meek left alone to their devices exist in peaceful coexistence. Here, meekness is synonymized with righteousness. I, I believe that's how it went. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty bold. But think about that, yeah. right? Is that we talked about the philosophers from back when that wrote the Bible. They were thinking the same thing. They weren't talking about, oh, the, the Pharaoh will inherit the earth, right? We're talking about these these super highly intelligent and and highly motivated, idealistic people who can basically do the math. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so exciting, I think. And, and Vitalik is exactly that. He's Yeah, he lives that to his core, and he's been consistent since he started at 19 years old. Now he's 28, you know, almost or less than 10 years later, he's built this mega revolutionary decentralized finance system. And he's a billionaire. Billionaire. But he lives out of a backpack is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he he's all about, you know, financial equality. Yep social equality, equity, right? And he he does not want to build something that just makes the rich richer. Exactly. And he's not in it for profit motive. No. Right? Like in this article, he speaks about, you know, the benefits of NFTs for charity and for artists, right? And, he, and not $3 million monkey pictures. Right. He literally says that. Like he doesn't see the application of $3 million monkey pictures, which I totally agree with. I agree you know? with that So as well. the that's the exception to the rule is that we are trying to change this paradigm. We are trying to evolve the financial system. So it's inclusive. And these leaders, these thought leaders, these tech savvy revolutionaries who are redesigning our financial system in real time, Mm -hmm. like, holy shit. Yeah. This is incredible. You know, and they're just, and they're just the normal looking guy. They're even, you know, a little awkward. And I think the, you, you leave them alone. Let them do their thing. You know, Samuel Bankman Fried wears a dirty T-shirt and shorts, and he's a billionaire, multi-billionaire, under thirty. Crazy. You know, so we're not only we're saying the old system doesn't work, but we're investing in these young people who have the the skills and have the mindset and are doing this idealistically for the betterment of humanity. That's crypto. Well, and they're also constantly trying to update and change any sort of inconsistencies or security issues, efficiency issues with crypto because they see, especially Vitalik sees that there are are issues that need to be solved still and that this could contribute to a dystopian um, 
financial system if not handled and regulated properly. Right. And well, and if we're giving the keys to the people who want to do better for humanity, that's better than giving the keys to a centralized government who's going to have the means, specifically if we're talking about China, if they create their own currency, yeah, they will be able to, you know, have more authoritarian control. And they can program what you can do with your money. Exactly. Imagine if you got a stimulus check and they told you, here's $1,400, but you have to spend it on this. And if you try to spend it on something else, it's like your card getting declined. Yeah. Yep. That's the dystopian nature of centralized um, crypto that could happen and why these, these experts are working actively to not allow that to happen and to maintain the decentralized infrastructure of crypto while also allowing for regulation to help move it forward. Because they see it as inevitable, like central governments are going to have to adopt this, but yeah. can they do it in a good way that's going to benefit everybody as opposed to only benefiting the same few in the same game that's being played with the haves and the have-nots? Right. And Vitalik even talks about this in the article. He talks about how the good, if there's more good than bad, then it will you're basically suffocating the bad with the good. So there's more good <laughs> and that can be better. And there will, you will never get rid of all the bad, but there's good can outweigh the bad and we have to focus on that. I think that's <laughs> no wiser words have been spoken. <laughs> By an alien. Yeah. By an alien. A robot alien. Yeah. Yeah. He got Immigr out. Immigrant. He got out of uh, Area 51 and made Ethereum. I think that's the article we write. Um, finally, Japan is trying to be more active and proactive, I should say, in the crypto world. So what they're doing is they have a virtual and crypto assets exchange association, JVCEA. It's just a group of 31 crypto exchanges that are working together to create what they call a green list. And this green list is basically just 18 of the top cryptocurrencies that they have already greenlit. These are good. These are approved so that they can get them listed on exchanges faster, new exchanges faster, without having to worry about all the red tape. Right. And and it's it's regulated by an individual body, not by the government, which is what we're trying to do here is that the crypto companies, Coinbase and and all these guys have been asking for not just the SEC and the CFTC, but a separate body that is dedicated to working with the crypto companies instead of ha them having to go directly to the SEC. So they're doing that in Japan and they see the value of crypto. And Japan's exchanges, I believe in January, um, had close to 10 billion, whereas in January, Coinbase was close to 300 billion. So yeah, they see the value through Coinbase has 12% of the world's crypto in their custody. Right. And so if Japan can help expedite this process, they're going to get more investors because they can reach more people and they'll start to gain more of this dominance, I guess, in terms of possession of crypto, which is good because we want it to be more widespread rather than just Coinbase having access to everything. And I mean, you think of Japan as a tech leader, like they're a tech leader in the world. Absolutely. I mean, they have hotels. Sony with, and all these companies yeah. that come from Japan that are tech leaders, you know, it's, yeah, they've got, you know, robots you can have sex with, you know? Well, and they have robots that, that check you in at your hotel that don't have any employees. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, Hello, would you like to check into your hotel? That would be great. They should make an Ethereum Vitalik 
voiced over. No, I was just saying that that's where he used to work before he oh, started Ethereum. Oh, I get it. He used to work as it. a sex robot in Japan. You didn't know that? No, I I don't watch Fox News. What you like the happy ending? <laughs> <laughs> Only point one Ethereum. Okay, I'll do the impressions. All right, I'm sorry. I had thought I'd try it. It's I know, okay. I know we didn't practice. In... You can work on it. <laughs> yeah. We'll work on it. So Japan wants in. Japan wants people in want more. In. Yeah. They want access. That's the roundup. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to check out some charts, huh? Let's check out the charts. All right. Let's take a look at Bitcoin. We are so close to 45K. We did cross it briefly and then went back below. You can see right now we are still ranging from 45K to 35K. That's been going on since the beginning of the year, roughly. We do have some bullish momentum and we have crossed above the 50-day moving average. We have crossed above the 100-day moving average and we are touching this resistance again. The next stop past 45 would be 48K and then 50 is in range. We have broken up temporarily above this previous line you can see here. This resistance has been playing out for almost a year now. We've crossed above it temporarily. Like I've said before, chances of us maybe going up to that 48 and then come crashing back down to 40 to get some more liquidity, then we would have an opportunity to turn that resistance into support, in which case we could go up again. Like I said, mid-April, right around the 15th, we could see a pump. Something's going to happen we would either potentially crash back down to this 35 or make our next move up. I'm not getting aggressively bullish yet, but I am starting to add a little bit more to my dollar cost averaging on a weekly basis. Let's take a look at total market cap. As you can see, this bearish pennant is, we are close to the top, which would be a resistance. If we can break through that, the next stop would be 2.15 trillion which coincidentally is our 200-day moving average. So in the short term, we are bullish. We have also, you can see, total market cap. We have tested this support. We're testing it again. What will happen? Time will tell. All right, let's take a look at our dollar cost averaging. I've got TRX, Tron. Tron has been grinding for some time now, right at 6.8 cents. The bottom was right around 4.5 cents. So Tron's going to make a move pretty soon here. I think it's a good one to dollar cost average into. Next, we have ZRX. ZRX has a volume spike. You can see here, we came up and touched the 200-day moving average, and it was grinding on that low end right around 50 cents. Right now, we're up to 71 cents. But when you see a volume spike like that, that is an indicator that we could be changing direction especially since we've been close to those lows. You can see here, not as close to the lows, so there was still room to go down, but here we are close to the lows and we did have a volume spike. So take a look at ZRX. Next, we'll go to Tezos. Tezos, once again, keeps touching this support line. So that means that's pretty good support. It's happened one, two, three, four, five, six times and is heading back up. Right now at 376, I will be adding a little more Tezos to my portfolio. 
That's it for the charts, gang. We are the Bit Bros. Remember, we are not licensed financial advisors. All content is intended for educational purposes only. Please do your own research and only risk what you are willing to lose. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube. We are also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Thank you.